Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. Good day there, mate. Oh, man. <laughs> God. I'm practicing. You're just terrible. Okay. Yeah. Although I think when we do finally get a chance to go together to Australia, mm-hmm. we got to talk like that the entire time. Do you think they'll? Do you think oh. they'd be able to like? You think they'd be able to tell we weren't really from there? No way. Not a chance. We're as good as Aussies. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. A podcast... <coughs> Podcast. A podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Benz. What's up, bro? That was a tough one, wasn't it? Boy, howdy, man. You pulled an old Tyler on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going to be a lot of editing on that intro. <laughs> oh goodness good news i don't got COVID anymore but bad news i still feel dumb as hell from the brain fog so oh man it's the worst dude it's just you just don't feel like sharp at all mm-hmm. it's yeah. uh you it's definitely you, well i mean you kind of always do. here we go here we go <laughs> I knew it was coming. Uh, real quick, before we get started on this week's episode, dude, I, I've there's a couple th- like last week I misspoke, man. Hmm. I need, and I mean I need to make a correction. This is look, I I don't pretend that we're 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 perfect here. In fact, I kind of like the fact that we're imperfect. Mm-hmm. But when I notice a mistake, I got to speak up. See something, say something. Exactly. It wasn't Dan's character who has some sort of magical gas. It's actually your character. And folks, I realized too that I didn't really dive into it too heavy, but I'm talking about some Dungeons & Dragons characters that our buddy Dan and Tyler created for this. Did you just hear that, Woody? What? We we lost like 20 listeners. Well, (laughs) they'll come back. Um, Anyway, I I figured that I just needed to make that correction, so. Wait, what kind of gas do I have? It's like hot gas, man. It's awesome. What? Because I thought you were talking about, like, something related to his, like, giant plague doctor. Okay, I didn't know where you were going with that one. (laughs) Yeah, man, your power is called poison spray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is totally the mad gasser. Yeah, you're exactly right. What what is the, is it like, it's Mm -hmm. like an, I haven't even used it yet. End of the story, moving on. Um, as we get into this week's episode, you know, Tyler, you mentioned last week that this one kind of closely reminded you of what we talked about last week, the Mad Gasser of Mattoon, mm-hmm. which if you listen to last week's episode, you know that that occurred in 1944 mm-hmm. in Mattoon, Illinois, which we've now discovered to be basically the bagel capital of the world. Oh, Who knew? Man, super interesting. Yeah. But anyway, so when we were kind of discussing episodes and sort of brainstorming some of the things that we wanted to talk about this year and this season. You know, Mad Gasser of Mattoon, such an interesting character. But this one, I had, of course, like heard of it. Mm-hmm. But I got to be honest with you, I know almost nothing about it. And I kept it that way because I want you to tell me about it, you know, like our old conversations would go mm-hmm. right here on the uh, the podcast. Now, mm-hmm. we'll say something real quick, folks. Here we go. 
I thought this, and you're going to make fun of me. Everybody yep. listening is going to make fun of me. Yep. But I'm just going to be honest with you. I thought this was a cryptid. <laughs> when what? I first heard of it, I, I mean, I thought that it was. I thought You may you not know, be too far off, though. Okay. Maybe. So what Woody is referring to is I we really had to kind of, I especially had to be real tight-lipped on last week's episode because the Mad Gasser, as fascinating as it is, really the sort of grandfather of that kind of vibe and character, in my opinion, is the one that we're going to be discussing this week. Uh, this is sort of the, uh, I mean, they're definitely related, and I can't wait to kind of talk about the the similarities and the, you know, some of the connective tissue between the two, but they definitely both have like a very, very similar sort of vibe and both equally unexplained. Yeah. So let's rewind all the way back to 1837. Man, all the way back to 1837. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before Jack the Ripper began his reign of terror, there was another mysterious entity terrorizing the streets of London. His, or its name, was Spring-Heeled Jack. Yes! Spring-Heeled Jack, sometimes spelt as Spring-Heeled, Spring-Heel, is a famous boogeyman from British folklore dubbed the Terror of London, who is the most renowned for and named after its reported ability to jump incredible heights and distances with absolute ease. The first reported sighting comes from 1837, although reports of similar phantoms date back as early as 1803. What? When Mary Stevens, yeah, when Mary Stevens, a serving girl, which by the way, there's also another character called Stingy Jack. Okay. uh, Who is another sort of specter from Irish folklore. So I wonder if like his superpowers just be like, "Mm, that sounds a little expensive. (laughs) Yeah, he just he, he's just like really really good at budgeting, <laughs> but he ha, but he has claws. Yeah, uh, it was 1803. He made the very first spreadsheet. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Mary Stevens, a serving girl walking home through the streets of London one night, was attacked by a horrific specter that she claimed jumped out of a dark alley, forcefully kissed her and ripped her clothes before scarpering. I don't know what that means when her screams attracted the neighborhood's attention. The next day, a short way away, a figure jumped in front of a passing coach, causing its driver to lose control and crash, with the witnesses claiming that the entity then casually escaped by jumping over a nine-foot fence whilst emitting a high-pitched laugh. Oh, my gosh, dude. That is terrifying, man. Yeah, and also, I mean... We'll get into this later, but just just that alone, like the similarities between like a villain, mm-hmm. like just like the Mad Gasser. I mean, it's like it writes itself. Yeah. No the attacker was dubbed Spring Heeled Jack by the newspapers, and the legend was born. Since then, there have been multiple sightings, the last official sighting being in 1907, but some claim as recently as 2008. While most commonly seen in London, reports of Spring Heeled Jack range from Britain, including Middleborough, Liverpool, and Lincolnshire, and even as far north as parts of Scotland. Hmm. Descriptions differ, but the specter is generally described as being a tall, thin figure in a long black coat, with clawed hands and eyes that resemble red balls of fire. In some cases, he's described as seeming gentlemanly from a distance, but possessing a devil-like face, which... Yikes. Mm. In others, he's described as wearing a helmet and an otter skin looking cloak. Some versions go 
as far as to portray him as possessing demonic traits or being clearly inhuman. Many versions also depict him being capable of breathing blue or white flames. Jeez. You see that blue flame again? Mm-hmm. While generally silent, some reports describe Jack as being able to speak English as well. Uh, modern theories on who or what Jack actually was vary from a pure urban legend with no backing in reality to a malicious prankster using some kind of stage equipment to pull off apparently supernatural feats, possibly also with some press or rumor-driven exaggeration, which, I mean, I'm Hold sure... Hold on a second here. What? So, I'm supposed to believe that in 1836, yeah. this guy's jumping nine feet with stage equipment? Yeah, well, even your your debunkers were... Alive and well back then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to claims that he was some sort of cryptid, supernatural entity, oh. or even alien. So see? All right, man. We're too so, far hey, off. not, not, uh, I'm still part of the club, right, mm-hmm. guys? Mm hmm. Okay. Due to his hideous appearance and unique attributes, Spring Hill Jack became a highly popular figure in fiction, often being the subject of Victorian penny dreadfuls. Uh, while his literary status has deteriorated since the turn of the 19th century, Spring Hill Jack remains a prominent figure in the media. While traditionally a villainous figure, as early as within 20 years of the legend's appearance, more complex or sympathetic depictions of Jack appeared. By contrast, some versions go in the opposite direction. While historically there are no reports or legends of spring Jack being responsible for killing anyone per se, it's not uncommon for adaptations to present him as murderous and potentially even linked to Victorian London's other infamous Jack, Jack the Ripper, which... Man. Would, wouldn't come around until much later back in 1888. So we got a few years. Wow, dude. I mean, I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. A lot to unpack. I mean, I, ha- I, like, I have it broken, out, broken down now into like uh, some of the more important kind of cases or accounts. Okay, okay. You, know? you want to hit those or do you want to dive in? Well, first, let me, let me just, my just initial mm-hmm. thoughts uh, before, like just, again, man, I, I on purpose kind of kept it, a little bit, or I kept myself pretty darn ignorant to this whole case and phenomenon stuff mm-hmm. because I kind of wanted to just like, just like the listeners doing right now, sort of just like hear it for the first time mm-hmm. and just like let my imagination run wild. And doing so, yeah. man, I, did, I don't know. That's crazy. So like potentially as early as 1803, but certainly by 1837, yeah. this is happening in mm-hmm. London, right? Originally, it was sort of the sort of suburbs. Like outskirts, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but then, then it kind of spread and spread and spread, which, again, well, the debunkers would say, oh, it's just a bunch of copycats. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but then as late as 2008? Yeah, which I'm not totally... So I didn't get into a lot of that because I don't feel... Uh, and again, this is just sort of a disclaimer. Like, there's even some accounts of, well, what's kind of cool is we're from Georgia, and there or we live in Georgia, and there's even account and an account back in like 1944, I believe, where yeah. uh, this guy, this farmer, basically saw this character who was six to eight foot tall. He had a cloak, and he had eyes that were looked like little red fireballs and then as he came close he he blew blue flames but uh, no jumping did he jump well this is what's interesting so then the farmer i mean he is in georgia mm-hmm. uh popped that shotgun out and uh and shot him 
And when he did that, this character laughed. Oh, um, and it's not really clear if he like hopped away, but it just said, you know, he fled. So, uh, so I mean, I get it as far as like the, you know, eyes kind of like fireballs and the, the laugh, which I mean, I guess that is kind of, you know, one of his attributes, but I don't know. I, I feel like to me, Spring Hill Jack is very sort of British. Lon- London's own. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. he sort of yeah. belongs to that area. By the way, Scarper or Scarpering. Just means to run away, and I gotta say something real Never quick about that. that. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna like break off on a little tangent here. You know, Anne and I were talking about this the other day. Sometimes there's just too many words in the English language yeah. that just need to be just distra- like forgotten. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. now it's either run away or escaped, flee. Or I, guess, I guess, yeah. I mean, like that's what I'm saying. There's a bunch of different ways to say the same thing, so. But I don't know. Now that I say it out loud, it's like I kind of want to be like, well, I don't know, man. They just kind of scarpered out. And somebody's <laughs> like, wait, what do you? Anyway, just in case uh, our listeners uh, wanted to know what scarpering mm-hmm. meant, there you go. I did not know, so one well, more you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's dig into some of these cases because I kind of want to like hear some more details besides the one about, I guess, the serving girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, l- let me let me kind of get into that a little bit more. So this this is the very first recorded sighting. Um, it's interesting to me that like one of the first things that they say about, or, or like what the details about that first case is like this dark figure mm-hmm. comes out of the alley mm-hmm. while this girl, I just assume is kind of like walking home late from her shift or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just like rips her clothes and tries to kiss her, you know? Yeah. Um, boy. Well, that, a- that that's one thing too that we'll see also is the majority of all of these cases are kind of associated with young women. Oh, man. Which is, again, even adds more sort of, you know, leans in even to the uh, the villainous kind of character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so the very first recorded sighting was the servant girl named Mary Stevens reported walking to Lavender Hill when a figure leaped out at her, grabbed her, and scratching her with his claws. Her screams drew the attention of a passerby who searched for the assailant but were, was never able to locate him. Wow. Now, did she also see, this is also the first time she sees it leap? Like yes. Nine feet? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think she says nine feet, but I think she she just talks about it like leaping away. Okay. Following this first account, several other young women reported similar sightings throughout suburban London. Mm-hmm. According to earlier reports... The attacker was described as a shape-shifting figure, ghostly in appearance, and always with gloves in the shape of claws. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, super interesting. So now I'm thinking, like, is it a skinwalker? Is it some sort of, uh, uh, you know, where, uh, what is it? Um, Uh, Not where, like. You think of Wendigo? (coughs) No, like, you know, like, uh, God, there's a freaking category in Dungeons & Dragons, dude, that's like. Oh, uh, um, it's not were folk, folk, but it's like that, you know, it's like were beasts, you know, it's like you either turn into like a bear or a wolf or a, you know. Which it's funny you say that. Uh, let me keep going. Rumors of the strange figure swirled around London for about a year with the press giving him the nickname spring Hill Jack. The story was not thought to be anything more than exaggerated gossip or ghost mm-hmm. stories until an encounter the following year. So this is where it gets a little more you know, serious, if you will. In February of 1838, a young woman named Jane Alsop claimed that a gentleman wearing a cloak rang her doorbell late at night. 
He then took off his cloak to reveal tight-fitting clothes that resembled white oilskin. Then he breathed blue flames into her face and began to cut her clothes with his claws. Luckily, Allsop's sister was able to scare the attacker, making him flee from the scene. Goodness. Um, yeah, a man named Thomas Milbank was arrested and tried for the attack on Jane Allsop. However, due to her insistence that the attacker could breathe fire, he was not convicted. <laughs> so they're just like, I just imagine like old school, like English court, right? Everybody's yeah. got their like white wig on and they're like, uh, you know, demanding that he breathes flame in the courtroom. And they're like, and he's like, dude, I don't understand what's happening here. Why? Are, I, it wasn't me. And I yeah. can't breathe flame. They're like, breathe flame, you foul beast. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty... What a time to be alive. Uh, just a few days later, a similar account was reported by an 18-year-old woman named Lucy Scales. Hold a second. After these messages, we'll be right back. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures from another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. Okay. A few days later from this guy being released, or a few days later from this initial... Well, the, that other account of... Okay. Okay. Uh, I just of wanted to clarify. Jane Alsop, yeah. Because then I was like, holy crap, this guy's on the loose. Yeah, and he him. did it again. She was out walking with her sister in Limehouse when a figure leaped at her from an alley and blew flames into her face, leaving her in a state of hysterics. The attacker left the scene and was never found, uh, though several men were brought in for questioning. Hmm. Following the accounts of Jane Alsop and Lucy Scales, Spring Hill Jack sightings were reported all around England, even reaching parts of Scotland, like I said earlier. His victims were most commonly described as young women, and they all described similar accounts of a mysterious man in thin, tight-fitting clothes, red eyes, and claws for hands. Weird, man. So yeah. weird. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really bizarre. The, especially, like, especially to think in the 1830s, like, this concept of you know, eyes like fireballs. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's tons and tons. These are sort of the, you know, more, you know, widely known ones. But sure. in the series of appearances, you know, the eyes like fireballs is definitely 
pretty much on every single one. The mm -hmm. claws, some people believe that the claws are, you know, actual clawed hands, while others believe that they're just like gloves with claws built mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Uh, he was referred to not only as the Terror of London, which is pretty badass, but he was called a ghost, an imp, a demon, a devil, or some people even claimed that they saw him taking the shape of a large white bull and a large white bear. Whoa. Which is sort of a real left turn. Yeah, oh yeah. That's a hard left. Yeah. Man. It, it's funny because a lot of your sort of like, um, you know, sort of guys that are into like cryptids or mm -hmm. cryptozoologists, I guess, technically, uh, they draw comparisons to the Jersey Devil, mm, Mothman, mm -hmm. you know, Mothman had like the, you know, blazing red eyes. So there is definitely some some sort of commonalities between, you know, that red-eyed kind of thing. And I mean, even, you know, uh, I mean, Britain, there's some Bigfoot accounts too, right? Like um, I'm thinking of one where. Oh, yeah. Um, you mean with I the, just remember, the like, red the eyes? Farmer, yeah, the farmer sees these eyes, he shoots at him and the beast like keeps on coming towards him. There's like a group of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then there's also, actually, you may be thinking about, like, Skinwalker Ranch. There's one where there's, like, a wolf, and I think it has glowing red eyes. And they, you know, the farmer keeps shooting and shooting, and it, it, the bullets, like, bounce off of it. Which a lot of the accounts for this thing are that, like, you know, some people would shoot at it. Which, mm -hmm. you know, the accuracy of, of guns back then wasn't the best, but yeah. There were a series of appearances that would also take place at the Aldershot military base where he would terrify the sentry guards, uh, and that was in 1877. Um, yeah. So so there's like a quite a long, like either— Long one, yeah. There's a huge span of time here, mm -hmm. and immediately I'm thinking it could be the same person. Let's say this guy initially is in his 20s in like 1830-something, mm -hmm. and then in 1877— he would be like 60. So he's like, you know, modern day retirement age, but he still hasn't given up. His mm -hmm. technology's maybe improved. Now he's breathing blue fire. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, like, is it the same dude or is it not the same dude? Yeah. I, well, and I also think, I don't know if you've read this, but there's probably my favorite Batman story is Paul Pope's Year 100. Mm. And he kind of gets into this thing. I mean, it's, it's sort of set in the future and... Batman is no longer Bruce Wayne. But it's cool because it goes through this little montage where you see that, like, the the Batman is sort of just like a mantle. Um, and it shows, like, the Adam West Batman and then, you know, sort of the Neil Adams Batman. So it's this this guy sort of carrying on the mantle of the Batman, like, through all these years. So, so it really kind of plays up the, you know, the mythology and, like, the idea that, like, oh, well, he's, like, He's sort of a monster or mm -hmm. some, you know, creature that's, like, immoral. And, like, even in even in that book, it's really cool because he, like, puts these, like, super sharp, like, Japanese oni mask, like, teeth mm. in to make him look like a beast. Whoa, yeah. It's yeah. really, really awesome. Uh, but, yeah, if you're going by the timeline of, like, if this is an actual guy, I don't know. I kind of like that mantle idea. Well, what's kind of cool about all those kind of things, and we – sort of touched on this actually back in our uh, Andrew W.K. episode mm. earlier this season, you know, like creating something that can essentially span throughout time. Mm -hmm. I think 
especially characters like Batman, for example, mm-hmm. can really kind of do that. You know, that torch can be passed relatively yeah. seamlessly and it kind of seem like that character is quote unquote immortal because it's just passed on to to the next person. So, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, because they're masked and somewhat of a phantom anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so after the 1877 accounts uh, where he was just kind of showing up and, like, you know, scaring the hell out of these sentry guards, which, by the way, seems a little dangerous if you're uh, just yeah, man, a I mean, random you, guy. That's what I'm thinking, too, man, sometimes. It's like, because obviously an initial theory for anyone is, oh, well, it's just some dude in a suit. Right. right. And mm-hmm. so I think you got to be a certain type of person, yeah. to, you know, number one, to kind of victimize young ladies and that kind of thing. Obviously, you're, you're an asshole, but, mm-hmm. you know, to, I guess, mess with a bunch of, like, armed, armed guards. guards, Yeah, you know, boy. Yeah. I mean, and maybe that's, maybe they're just kind of crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe that just sort of fits the profile, but I don't know, man. Like, I feel like yeah. if it's just like a prank, if if you're looking for like more of like a prankster mm-hmm. kind of uh, situation or theory, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, that, you know, that's taking it to another level. Yeah, I, I totally agree. This is kind of like poetic and kind of like sort of this romanticized sort of concept of this last, basically in 1904, was considered the last confirmed appearance uh, where he was sighted in Liverpool by multiple witnesses that watched as he leaped up and down the street before jumping 30 feet onto the rooftops and bounding away forever. Weird, man. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, as he did this, uh, he shot out a terrifying high-pitched laugh. Which is really cool. Well, and it's just, man, that is really cool. I I, I don't know, then, this time period... Mm Mm-hmm. What is that, Victorian? Is that what it's like? I think uh, it was sort of at the tail end of the Victorian era, yeah. Because it is, it does, it, it has that like steampunk sort of... It's just interesting, man. That that time period in, in London to me is kind of fascinating anyway. Same same reason why things like Jack the Ripper and, I don't know, man, I imagine like, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. That time Sir period... Sir Arthur... Conan Doyle. Yeah, Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, that time period is super fascinating to me because mm-hmm. it's like it's just on that like cusp of, of technology improving mm-hmm. relatively quickly, you know, and it's but it's still just like slightly behind it. So I just imagine yeah. these streets with like gas lamps, you know, flickering at oh, night yeah. and like cobblestone roads and like, you know, uh, it's dreary. And then these, these characters existing in this time period, you yeah. know, these cool, you know, detectives and the, this, this, you know, interesting and kind of horrific sort of villain character that exists. It's just mm-hmm. wild, man. But then, like, I also think, you know, there's a lot of, like, old secret societies and, yeah. heck, even, like, fraternities and stuff, fraternal organizations in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. have their origins around that kind of time period. Yeah. Was it, like, a group of people who... We're just terrorizing or, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I don't know if we want to start diving into theories and stuff, but so far, um, I just find this character to be extremely interesting, man. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Well, 
And one thing that you said, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up the secret society motif because uh, we mentioned it on the last episode with mm-hmm. the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. You know, it did bring to mind like, and this is a topic that we'll really get into because this is a truly, truly, truly fascinating case also is the Sonora Aero Club. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of these, even like sort of around the time of like the airship mysteries. Yeah. And that would have been around the same time. It was like right at yeah, the end yeah. of the 1800s. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, one thing that that the debunkers always kind of lean into is, oh, well, he would have had to have like springs on his feet. And mm-hmm. it's just like. Hey, man, have you guys ever watched <laughs> the Mario Brothers movie? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't. And also, like you were saying, you know, it's like. There is this rise of technology, mm-hmm. but it is still somewhat like primitive. So it's like, it's like there's there's nothing like sleek or right. They would be like the size small. of a Volkswagen Bug, right? Each exactly. Leg. Yeah, and it's like even anything that was sort of like propelled or anything like that was based on like you know steam technology or like hydraulic yeah. lifts and that kind of thing. So it's like nothing really adds up especially like to jump like nine feet and then the last one him jumping 30 feet up onto a rooftop and just like bounding from building to building yeah like and like it was nothing and just laughing into the night you know i mean i gotta say though like i have this like you know it, this funny like idea in my head that it's just this dude who isn't a villain at all but he's like <laughs> He put on this costume, can't figure out how to get it off. And he's like knocking on this lady's door. He's like, hey, can you help? It's like Edward Scissorhands, you know? Yeah, Like where he's just like, oh, and he's like fumbling all over himself, accidentally cutting. And then like his something malfunctioned now, like it's leaking and it's like this blue flame coming out. And the whole time he's just trying to communicate. Yeah. Um, Oh, well, it's, it's funny you say that because there was a case and it may have been... I can't remember. It may have been one of the women that that I was talking about. But there is a case where he shows up ringing on the doorbell and the woman comes to the door and he he's like yelling like, oh, they've caught him. They've caught Spring Hill Jack. And and I think he even says I need a candle or I need a light or something. So she goes goes back in, brings like a little, you know, like the Ebenezer Scrooge hand candle, mm-hmm. you know, hands it to him. Uh, or she like holds it out to him, and he basically takes off his cloak, and it reveals that like it's him. Oh man! Which dude, is how is there is there a movie like why is there not a movie about this? Well, apparently be, dude. It, he's in a ton of stuff, but I think I think in sort of the modern lexicon, he's kind of disappeared a little bit. Well, uh, sounds like we got a job on our hands, folks. <laughs> well, that leads me to the next thing, and this is an article uh, from ComicBook.com. I knew it as soon as I started reading. I was like, okay, this this makes perfect sense. But the article is, enti- is titled, Was Batman Inspired by Spring Hill Jack? Mm-hmm. And it says, Batman is celebrating his 75th anniversary, and io9 is delving into the character's origin and creation. The website ran an article about Batman's controversial creation in comics, which, by the way, if you haven't seen the documentary Batman and Bill, mm. uh, I think it's on Hulu still. It I, I've... Very important to watch. Yeah, I've probably seen it more than any documentary, any other documentary, and I cry every single time. Uh, But it's fascinating. Yeah, it's incredible. Batman's controversial creation in comics and how Bill Finger should be credited as the character's co-creator. In the comments to that post, a reader mentions how Batman owes a debt to the Victorian era 
British character of urban legend turned penny dreadful hero spring Jack. Uh, the commenter Michael Monroe had this to say. In my honest opinion, Batman owes a great unacknowledged debt to spring Jack, who transitioned from London urban myth 1830s to melodrama anti-hero 1870s to prototype superhero 1880s to early 1900s. As written by Penny Dreadful author Alfred Barrage, spring Jack was a wealthy aristocrat who assumed the disguise of a devilish bat-winged avenger of the night, maintained a secret underground lair, and used his athletic and technological skills to battle evildoers. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Basically, the collection of story motifs centered around a wealthy protagonist who assumes a heroic mascot secret identity dates back to spring Jack in the late 19th and very early 20th centuries. By the time Batman was created, these motifs had already been elaborated in pulp novels, most famously by Johnston McCulley's Zorro character and by Russell Thorndike's Scarecrow stories to the point that they were part of the zeitgeist. Mm. Batman was just the most influential comic book manifestation of those themes. Yeah. So I thought that was amazing. Like, I mean, hear that. for sure, man. I mean, if you really, really think about it, too, in a way— and I think um, Batman Begins does a really good job of, of kind of, I don't know, explaining this or portraying this in that, like, in that sort of, in the origins of him developing what will become, you know, Batman or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it kind of shows, like, the reason why he chose the symbol and, like, you know, striking fear in, into the hearts of, of the criminals and, like, using it as a symbol and, like, I mean... It's kind of like taking the bad parts of right. Spring Hill Jack and then using them for for good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the thing is though is like unlike the Mad Gasser, there's I don't know. It, it's like like clawing the women's clothes, Whew, boy, and then like get a, cutting has them. To go in for a kiss, huh? What a like. Yeah, weirdo. that's where it, it's this one. Unlike the Mad Gasser, who could have just been some weird dude mm-hmm. trying out social experiments. You know, this one is definitely, like, a little more villainous for yeah. sure, you know. Well, and it reminds me more of, like, uh, what is it called? The Batman That Laughs? Um, where it's, like, kind of like a, it's jo- like a Joker Batman. Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, it's really a cool thing. And, again, you know, there's, there's tons and tons of, like, these little accounts that, to me, it was harder to, to find... Apparently, there was a book written in, I think, the early 90s where it was really kind of broken down and, like, he – and, again, I'm, you know, stupidly, I don't I don't have all that with me here. But I think he really breaks down a lot more of, like, the accounts, you know, mm-hmm. kind of in a passport to Magonia kind of, like, oh, wow. account, 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 you know, kind of deal. Yeah. And so it was a little harder for me to, to find a lot of the – the ins and outs of those accounts, but like I really do f- find it fascinating the the shape shifting and like the mm. you know it's like some people say that he he was basically had the face of a devil. Other people mm. say he's wearing this like you know white helmet with like a white skin tight suit. Stormtrooper, <laughs> yeah, stormtrooper. He's I th- either Darth Vader or stormtrooper. <laughs> I thought like Tron for some reason too because uh, yeah, of like okay. a little helmet. So I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's I mean, do they say, I imagine they do, in terms of, like, theories of what's going on here, it seems like it's a prime case for, like, mass hysteria and stuff. And, and oh, yeah, also, like, you know, going back to the fact that it's, like, mid to late 1800s, you know, if you plopped anybody wearing any kind of costume modern day 
during that time period, they would immediately be like, it's the devil himself. And I'm not going to say that this is time travel. I'm actually going to, you know, if you think about it in terms of like alter-dimensional travel or Or like interdimensional, interdimensional travel uh, or like like even going back to like the um, simulation theory or something, like if anybody with any sort of modern technology, well, even when electricity was like, quote unquote, invented slash more mainstream, like you read the descriptions of people witnessing that for the first time. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh my God, you know, hey man, the the devil is here and it's Mm -hmm. the mark of the beast. And so like, you know, and eyewitness accounts, man, are always a little, you know, unreliable in in a lot of ways. Like I I remember one of the very first sort of podcast phenomenons that I kind of dove into was the um the serial podcast where they talked about oh yeah gosh, me too. Um, what's his name um, Aiden's uh Said Said yeah something like that right and and like they give an incredible example um mm-hmm. when when they're kind of talking about eyewitness accounts when the narrator kind of asks hey what did your wife wear two days ago Right. And it's like, uh, I have no clue, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, in, in those kind of situations, your senses are heightened and, and details will kind of pop out, but but still I think a lot of details will get missed. And so, you know, it could have just been like a crazy, you know, prowl or, you know, uh, attack on this first girl. And in that adrenaline rush and, you know, unfortunate like sort of victimized uh, mindset, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, it would have appeared more like a like a monster, but it's just always interesting to me when it keeps happening and more people see it. And it's like it's most interesting, actually, I'll say, when there's more than one, right? So there's two witnesses, like when that when he came to the door. Oh yeah, and, and then the sister. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That has more like gravity to me than just like some person mm-hmm. all by themselves walking down a street and oh, this happened to me, you know. Yeah, and and even like the last, you know, his last sort of official sighting where, you know, there were multiple people in the street that that all saw it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool, too, because they were, you know, it was a good time for like all those people to see him jump 30 feet up into the air onto the roof. I mean, I know that you kind of discounted time travel, but... I mean, I always counted. (laughs) But I mean, boy, if there's, if there was any kind of you know, possibility, I think it would be in this because the, you know, the tech, if you will, I just don't see anything like that existing back in those days. Yeah. But at the same time, like you said earlier, this is around the same time that the the airships were were going around the world. So maybe there's this like faction of extremely intelligent science-based organization. Mm Mm-hmm that, you know, has that technology and is just, like, testing it out and stuff. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's easy to assume sometimes that everybody's good in in an organ, but there's always, you know, there's going to be somebody that's evil and that someone's going to use that technology for for bad, you know? Yeah, but it's easier for me to to see, like, this bulky airship. It's easier for me to swallow that instead of, like, something that's able to, like literally propel a guy who's just wearing a cloak and a weird oil skin yeah. suit. It reminds me of that, that that internet clip of the dude that's like, 
And here we are in San Diego News. And he's like, and it starts like this. And you're just like, whoa, right into the water. Right into the water, yeah. Dude, I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard in my life. Yeah, that's a classic. It's amazing. It's funny, too, because it's doing that shot where it's like, as soon as he's like, and here we are in Daytona, Florida, or yeah, San Diego. Yeah. And the camera's like pulling out like it's going to be this big ec- epic scene of him mm-hmm. flying up into the air. And it's like, it pulls way far out and he just lands right in the water. Right on his face. Yeah, that's amazing. Poor guy. Hilarious. Boy, I don't know what to think, man. I think, I don't know, I could keep on, if I had to like give you one sort of my, like, what do you think it is? And I'm only allowed to choose one. I would say... It kind of, especially since it's like seen throughout time Mm -hmm. or it spans a number of years, I'll say that like, I think it's kind of like a few people. Yeah. Not the same dude. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Like, like the idea of like passing the mantle. Yeah. Kind of on. It is interesting to me too, man, that, well, one of the things that I was going to say about the 2008 sighting is like, I feel like I would be more sort of like critical of something like that Mm -hmm. because like the technology is better now. And so for it to have happened back in 1837 or whatever, Mm -hmm. that to me is more, more fascinating. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. But, but I say that to say like, boy, we don't really have the same kind of, like we have evil, evil sons of guns in in our more modern history. Right. But Mm -hmm. None of them really using like crazy technology like that. No. Which yeah. is interesting to me. Like, what? I don't know. There's no bad guys like hopping over buildings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, this and the Mad Gasser, I mean, they, boy, they fit perfect into, you know, 66 Adam West Batman. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I thought that was fascinating. I've always really loved this story. And again, as frustrating as it is to not really have closure or not really, have much of an answer you know it, it does share that with a mad gasser i i still think it's just it's one of those things that uh you know I, I, the the skeptics easily just debunk it and they say you know same with the mad gasser but i'm sure it was even more so back then because the majority of of the witnesses were women you know it was mm-hmm. the women who were manhandled and you know tearing their clothes with the claws and all that so like I'm sure it was like downplayed even more than the Mad Gasser, which, you know, was in the 40s. But but there's still, you know, you you can't deny that it was like a, a flap and, and actually a pretty long flap, you know? Uh, yeah, man. Like if, what a, like London seemed to be pretty, or like that area seemed to be a pretty dang scary place to be, man, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the 1800s. Yeah. You know, Jack the Ripper. Springhill Jack, it, you know, I feel bad for anybody born with the name Jack uh, back then because <laughs> yeah, exactly. boy, you just you just kind of got crapped on, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're yeah. either like a crazed, evil Batman who likes to rip girls' clothes and try to like you know force a smooch upon a stranger, which yeah. is just so creepy and disgusting. Weird, but, or you're just a murderer. Yeah, which I I, I gotta say the uh, the. I don't know. I mean, I I don't think that it's I I think that there could be some some connectivity between Spring Hill Jack and Jack the Ripper also. I mean I mean obviously Spring Hill Jack feels a little more like theatrical with like the laugh mm. and like 
you know, not really doing any harm. And then, you know, Jack the Ripper obviously was, in, you know, terribly grotesque, you know, massacring these people. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it could, I don't know. I well, mean, I mean, maybe, maybe it inspired Jack the Ripper. Or inspired, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, boy, what an inter- like, I don't know, like I said a million times already, like this time period, that yeah. kind of character, mm-hmm. a mystery that remains somewhat relatively unsolved. Mm-hmm. It's just so fascinating, man. It just makes me want to dig in more uh, to read more about these kind of cases and stuff. Yeah. And again, you know, for you folks out there that are interested and kind of want to follow up and delve a little deeper into it, you know, there are a lot of accounts. But like I said at the top of the show, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's clear there's, you know, similarities, but like, I don't know. I, I think just by seeing like, okay, oh, well, this cryptid or this character, you know, Mothman or uh, the Jersey Devil or so on and so on, you know, they have glowing eyes or they have a lot of the similarities. I still feel like this is a very, it's a very like, uh, it belongs like in this specific time mm-hmm. of like the, you know, early to mid 1800s London, sort of the, you know, like the Gotham by Gaslight. Right. That sort of era. I feel like anything that kind of continues on beyond that just feels, it just doesn't quite feel like it belongs, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about that? You feel the yeah, same? man, I agree. I think like, like I said kind of earlier, like I would be much more skeptical if this came out. Well, I mean, I don't know, dude. I mean, think about reading that, a report right now about some lunatic who's attacking a woman in, you know, XYZ city. It would still be terrifying, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd be skeptical in terms of like it being like some sort of like cryptid or something but or you know what i mean like i would be like well it's just some dude in like a crazy suit but still regardless terrifying oh 100 percent. yeah so that's it that is the uh super famous spring Hill jack i'm glad we i'm glad we talked about it because i feel like we couldn't talk about the mad gasser of mattoon without yeah. getting into spring Hill jack and sort of just thinking about those two characters mm-hmm. separately or you know, together. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing too, I do think that uh, just before we we head off, I don't know, there is something interesting in like, you know, the, the talk that we had about, uh, you know, possibility of it, something being like plasma uh, with like the blue mm-hmm. flame. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that is interesting that he was able to like breathe blue flame. That That's something mm-hmm. I feel like we, we didn't really touch on much, but you know, jumping 30 feet in the air, breathing blue flame. That's pretty fascinating. Yeah, man. And then the the, the Mad Gas are also having, like, the blue flame. Like, mm-hmm. you know, is that plasma? I don't, I don't know, know, man. You know, uh, another thing, too, it's like, okay, so let's just be ultra skeptical here and say mm-hmm. wasn't anything, you know, like cryptid or anything related. It was just some sort of technology that the person was using. Okay, right. cool. Or maybe, like, it's an exaggeration. Okay, cool. But what in the world would have happened that would be confusing enough for a witness to say, look like they were, you know, breathing blue flames and yeah. red eyes right. and jumping 30 feet up in the air? Yeah. You know? like yeah, I, I, I don't. I, there's nothing that's filling in the blank there for me. I don't know, you know. I well, well and, and also, you know, if you do want to sort of uh, ride everything off as like, oh, well, it was mass hallucination or it was mass yeah. hysteria or – just a bunch of copycats or people making up stories, which, again, 
I'm sure happened a lot. But like even just taking those first two, you know, the first woman that was sort of caught off guard and then the other woman who answered the door, you know, even like if we if we're only taking those two accounts, both having the exact same similarities, the exact same story, like there there had to be something. And, you know, we say this a lot on the show is like, take away all the other stuff. Maybe everything else, like every other thing was totally just made up mm-hmm. for attention or whatever, which I don't know. That's harder for me to believe back then. But but I will say like newspapers trying to sell papers. And yeah, for sure. What's Headlines, called, right? you know, yellow journalism or whatever. This idea of like, oh, we got to hype it up. We got to have all these just mm-hmm. outlandish stories to sell papers. Like I get it. That was definitely a part of the time. But mm-hmm. even just those two accounts, man, there's, there, was, there was something that like was the genesis of that, you know? Right. Yeah. So, ah, man, incredible. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, man. I mean, it's super fascinating, super mysterious. It's, I mean, it has all of the elements, the ingredients, ingredients. of everything we love here. The ingredients. It makes a great, <laughs> that would be rad pizza, okay? Mm. So, I'm glad that you decided to, to bring that story in, man. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that is, uh, that's a great place to sort of, uh, to wrap it up, man. Yeah. Me too, man. Uh, where can we be found if folks want to uh, find us? You know, if this is your first time listening, I got to say thank you, first off. Yeah. And thank you to all our listeners always. Mm-hmm. But the best place for you to interact with us, to kind of dive a little bit deeper into whatever the topic was that we talked about on our podcast, the best place to find us is on Instagram. You can find us at That Would Be Rad. Pretty easy to remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll post extra pictures, dive deeper into these stories, but it's also a great place to just kind of ask us questions, send us stuff that you think is cool, all that kind of stuff. But if you have something a little bit more, you know, long form, a story that's like super intriguing that has happened to you, a personal experience or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, you can, of course, send it via direct message in Instagram, or you can also send it to where, Tyler? To that would be radpod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, like Woody was saying, if you've got a story, hell, maybe you've seen Spring Hill Jack, mm-hmm. the modern variant of that. We would love to hear about it. If you don't feel comfortable telling your story, you know, like recording a voice memo or whatever, mm-hmm. write it out and we'll put it to some cool sound design and, and music. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to tell your story also. Feel free to, if you are, if you get into the show or you're a longtime fan or brand new fan, uh, hit up our link tree on Instagram. Go buy some merch. Go buy us a coffee. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's all there if you're interested in that kind of thing. Uh, we have had a few people ask about a possible Patreon, and that is definitely in the works, but mm-hmm. we're wanting to get a few more episodes under our belt, you know, just so we feel like we've kind of earned it, I guess. Right. Yeah. So that's coming, though, somewhere down the pike. I think that's about it. There was something else I was going to say, but I cannot remember. Oh, uh, we haven't said this in a long time, but listen, it, again, if you're brand new, if you're a longtime fan, just get out there and tell one fan, one friend of yours. Mm-hmm. That's all that we ask. Tell a friend, pass it on, you know, whatever. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Everything. Stitcher, every, mm-hmm. anywhere, everywhere. Pass it on, and uh, we appreciate it. As we always say, we thank you, we appreciate you, we love you. And as always, be red. That's the way it
clouds in a time where I just needed some sunshine. You were already dead before you became a ghost. You always said our future would be a parade of flowers, but now all that's left is a single rose. That's the way. Would you say the word man like m- man? I know that. Wait, how would you say man? Hold on. Uh, the man. Mayan. Wait, I think you are, you have to like. Oh, there's like something Mayan? in your mouth kind of thing like Mayan. Mayan. Like it's almost no, like you're saying Mayan. Mayan. Like Mayan. No, that hey, can't be right. Hey, they, Mayan. They, Mayan. That's why they say mate, I guess, because man's a hard one. Man, man right. is hard. <laughs> 